stroking her hair, trying her hardest not to cry. Blood leaked onto the hem of her polka dot dress. She brushed rain from her cheek. Don't worry. There was a movement in the eyes. I promise you. A soft squeeze. I promise. I'll make sure he's all right. A tear rolled down the side of the girl's face. Clara felt the infinitesimal pressure of the hand in hers. Then nothing. The girl's eyelids fluttered. Life slid from her face, as softly as a petal falling to the ground. Standing up, Clara entered the apartment building, ran past the lift, and up the dimly lit stone stairwell till the fifth floor. The door, which was sooty, with badly peeling paint, stood ajar. Breath ripping her lungs, her heart jolting with fear, she pushed it and entered. The apartment was empty, its atmosphere brooding and heavy, as though some recent turbulent emotion was still imprinted on the air. Otherwise, it was exactly as she remembered it. The wallpaper was patterned with muddy florals. It was furnished as cheaply as possible with just a few pieces of battered wooden furniture— a desk that doubled as a dining table, with a cane-bottomed chair, an old armchair with horsehair sticking through its arms, and a raddled wool rug in front of the gas fire. Welcome to my penthouse, the most prestigious address in Prenzlauerberg. Despite the drabness, there had been a defiant attempt to add a bright personal touch. A pink feather boa was draped over the mantel, and photocards of film stars were fixed with drawing pins to the walls. Through the door she could see the bedroom, with a curtained-off bathroom and a basin into which a tap dripped. The narrow little bed was made, and a fur-collared coat laid on it, as though ready for a night out. A bottle of Scandal, by Lanvan, almost empty, stood on the dressing table. She heard a sound and turned. From the street... Cars were approaching, and there was the screech of braking. She guessed she had thirty seconds, a minute at most. She needed to focus. On the table there was a key and a cup of coffee. She felt it. It was still warm. Beside it was a pile of papers. The window gaped open, and for a split second the girl's body floated in Clara's mind, suspended in the warm wind, caressed in its twisting currents, until a draught sent the papers crashing to the floor and on the pavement outside, she was dead. She reached down to pick up the papers and found a postcard, a black and white portrait of Marlena Dietrich as Lola Lola in The Blue Angel. Everyone knew that image, leg crooked up on a chair, deep lids like seductive shutters over the dark eyes, exuding a haughty sexuality. It was the photograph you found everywhere, in kiosks, in shops, on any street corner. Clara scrutinised it carefully, then slipped it and the key into the pocket of her navy blue Jaeger jacket. Outside a door slammed. For a second she was paralysed, prickling with sweaty fear, then she turned quickly and left the room. Her heels, echoing like gunshots down the stairwell, she slowed to a walk as she exited the front door and headed up the street, stealing herself not to look back at the people gathering around the body, or the policemen who were climbing out of their car, 
and marching officiously towards them. She made her way back up Reicherstrasse, trying to focus on the tall apartments. Their wedding cake stucco decorated with scrolly, soot-blackened curlicues. The water tower looming above them at the end of the road like some old castle turret, plucked up and dumped there. A medieval absurdity in a city that was getting a fresh taste for the medieval. Clara's head swam, and she made herself concentrate on her breathing. Her breaths were fast and shallow with shock. She tried clenching and unclenching her fists inside her pockets, a technique that had always worked before. But nothing could obliterate the picture from her mind. The dead girl, the blood like spilt ink, the frivolous scarlet shoes. Grief, anger, and incomprehension struggled.